what what was it? That there was a YouTuber like way back in the day. It was like Freddie Wong. About ten years ago, he made a series. It was about I think a, a video game high school. I think I'm trying to remember who the who the villain of that show was. It's it's on the it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, wait wait wait. I, I think I remember. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Mess Up at Midnight podcast, the show where we are the judge, jury, and executioner on bad movies i am your host max steel and as always i'm joined by the human equivalent of a random rob schneider appearance it's michael flaherty everybody all right page at the <laughs> fucking you listeners at home's ears good lord i just saw i just saw your like little line just go to deep dark beat red and i was like ooh, it's gonna be a let's gonna be a little tough one it's i just like the idea it's 9 a.m. someone's driving to work and they're just listening to us because they hate themselves. And then just you just hear just Max essentially just eat his microphone. All for a reference that I guarantee you, like maybe 90% of people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. But for those 10%, it's going to be funny. Look, VGHS was a sick ass show, and I, it's I was so ashamed when I was watching it, but dog, I was so into it. I was so down with it. I was like, hell yeah, this is good. This is what I'm talking Dude, about. An underrated modern classic. And no, we're not talking about the movie we are indeed talking about today, which is the 1995 sci-fi action film Judge Dread. In a dystopian future, humanity has moved to these huge mega cities in the middle of deserts. And to combat crime, the justice system has re- has been replaced by judges who act as judge, jury, and executioner. And we follow Judge Dredd, played by Sylvester Stallone, and his adventures throughout this movie, I guess. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? <laughs> It's his adventures, like he's like he's Asterix and Obelix, just just traipsing through New York. No, it, I gotta say, it's the Judge Dread universe is such a weird universe because there's so much good shit to the Judge Dread universe. Like Judge Dread as a franchise. Or, uh, no, no, franchise is the wrong word. Media entity, uh, Judge yeah. Dredd is a comic book and a media entity is so cool and interesting. The 1995 movie is is a thing that occurs. It's, it's certainly doing something. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I mean, I think the best way to sum it up is, in short, the visuals and sound... It's not half bad, you know, for like a dystopian future thing. And it sounds very like I'm sure on surround sound, it would be just like a one acting and story wise. Boy, this movie just sucks. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, it's yeah. cliched, it, bad acting and tonally confusing. It is. It really is. It, it feels like the movie is totally aware of the fact that it's stumbling into the pitfalls of literally every single action movie from the 80s and 90s but it's also trying to circum circumnavigate them Mm -hmm. by going like haha what if we change the tone a little bit you know messed it up and as a result it kind of just fucks with the flow of the movie because what happens is you'll be 
on the edge of your seat like, yeah, it's a cool chase. Sylvester Stallone is, in fact, buff. And then it'll just halt all of it and go, no, 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 no. Plot development. And you're like, hear me out, guys. It's a sliced alone movie from the 80s and 90s. I'm not here for the plot, so let's get it moving. But it, yeah, you know, it's all. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just like a, a multitude of things. Uh, one, this is a comic book movie. And I think at this point, we were still kind of trying to figure out what direction we want comic book movies to go. And the 90s was a little bit of a weird time. Um, and also looking behind the scenes as well, you can really see how like, tonally divided and how multiple people thought different things about what this movie was supposed to be like for instance director danny cannon after working on judge dread swore off working with big stars ever again after this movie which i mean to be fair it kind of worked out for him considering he acts as the executive producer for a few tiny little shows you might have heard of mike uh like csi CSI Miami, CSI New York, Gotham, Gotham oh. Knights, and Pennyworth. So he, he's he, he's doing oh. okay for himself. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He doesn't need big screen actors anyways. Who fucking needs them? I say. It's good riddance. <laughs> I don't need that. But then Sylvester Stallone said that he felt Judge Dredd was supposed to be like a comedy action film, which you can kind of really see based off of his performance. And the film was getting like too serious. And, it sh- and the film Judge Dredd that we watched should have been more comedic, which, eh, <sighs> It again, it hit that, hit that hard middle line, and even the writers. There were two writers, one of which wrote fucking Terminator Two, and the other wrote oh. Die Hard. Thought otherwise, and should you know maybe focus a little bit more on like the violence. Maybe try, if you wanted to do like some comedy, maybe do like some satire, like some social political thing. But no, we just got this weird mess of a movie. It's so funny that you mentioned Terminator 2 and how one of the one of the producers was involved who was involved in Terminator was involved in this because you can feel it in the movie. There's so many points in it that you kind of stop and you're like this is getting giving a lot of Terminator. You're like damn you're like this is definitely definitely has that sort of 80s 90s grit mm-hmm. that Terminator had but Again, much like you said, it plays in a lot of moments like a buddy comedy, Mm -hmm. which feels weird because you have Sylvester Stallone going super over the top into the serious thing for the comedy bit. And you and, you know, hey, hats off to him. That's kind of his role. If he was doing a comedy that that fits. Rob Schneider can go to hell, but. Outside of that, it just feels totally weird. It feels like the movie has no freaking clue and everyone is on a different page. Well, dude, they did like multiple recuts. I think I saw somewhere that the original rating for this movie was it took five cuts to get the movie down from an NC-17 to an R rating. And then eventually they just wanted to cut some more and get a PG-13 rating because Sylvester Stallone in the studio wanted it. Which, what would an NC seventeen? What would have that? Lo- what would have that looked like? It's just like it's 
I'll tell you what it is. It's that one scene from RoboCop where he goes, your move, creep, and he shoots him in the dick. But it's just that. All the people have those, their genitals out. And instead of shooting people in the chest, he shoots only at the genitals. It's literally it's just a massacre of genitalia. It's literally just the uh, upside down saw scene from Terrifier just for like three hours. It's it's literally three hours of people getting shot in the nuts <laughs> in just visceral explosions. All while Sylvester Stallone is just standing in the back, just being like, "I am the law." I am. It's, dude, imagine, imagine it's a fight scene where it's where it's Sylvester Stallone and one of the thugs, and he's just going, "I am the law," and he brings his fist to punch the guy in the face, but then it hard cuts, and he's punching him in the nuts, and his balls just explode. <laughs> now, did these cuts work out for the movie for the movie's benefit at the box office? You already know we're going to go to the box office bonanza yeah. right now. Just doing something a little bit different with a bit of a bigger movie, Mike. How do you how do you feel about that? We're switching up the formula. It's you, you know what? So long as it's got more than one guy from Phoenix watching it, it's a, you know what? It's a net game. It's a net game. You know, I guarantee you, at least two people from Phoenix, Arizona, have seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, yo, sh- shout out to Phoenix. We know they're real Judge Dredd fans over there. <laughs> so, Mike, the budget for Judge Dredd was 90 million dollars worldwide mm. how much did the how much money did this movie make worldwide i know i know it did not get 90 million i know judge the judge dread franchise and profitable it is not so um 50 million honestly dude i should have started just with the domestic but i'll tell you what i'll tell you what the worldwide it made 113 million dollars so somehow oh. some way it actually, it actually, it did okay. Not it did all right. I, Good for it. I don't think it was the margins that the studios wanted because I've heard a lot of people refer to this movie as a flop. That might be with a domestic though, Mike. How much money did Judge Dredd oh. make domestically? Okay, so the international audience came through for this, from what I'm hearing, what I'm inferring. So ninety million made one hundred and thirteen globally, fifty mil. Lower. I'm guessing. 30 mil. Overshot, it was $34 million. Dude, oh. You really? Ooh, that's a tough show. Dude, I mean, that's kind of why we keep making these, like, big action movies that, like, nobody, everyone in America is just like, I don't want to see that. But then when it goes overseas, they're like, fuck yeah, we love Fast and Furious. <laughs> so they just keep going yeah, exactly. to the theaters. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I feel like um, I feel like America ebbs and flows with action fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like we'll have those moments like eight, like the eighties. I feel like and like uh, the early to mid twenty tens, mm-hmm. where it's just America is like we are here for action. We want the big budget punch beat 'em ups, and then. We go in the opposite direction where you're like, no, no, we're cool. We're different. We're all about grit. And the rest of the world's like, no, no, no. Fast and Furious is cool, though. <laughs> and one of the reasons I think this movie didn't do well is because of its release date. And I actually looked up uh, what movies were like in the theaters that opening weekend. And uh, here's what here's what they were. The top five. Uh, Apollo 13 opening weekend. Uh, number That's two tough. was Pocahontas in its third week. Oh. At number three was Batman Forever, which 
in its third week, but still the same market, you know, as like co- like comic yeah. book fans. It's it's yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's tough. Maybe also taking a segment of that audience was the number four, which was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> I damn Dread was Dread was set up for failure. The fact that it was going against Apollo 13 and Pocahontas, which already that's a fucking losing battle. And then sitting there and going, we know how people feel about Batman, but once Judge Dredd comes on the scene, they're going to eat their words. You're like, no, they're not. No, they're not. It's Judge fucking Dredd. Who read Dredd? Like, the only reason I ever took in Judge Dredd in any capacity was because I saw the Carl Urban one, and I went, oh, it's kind of cool. Much better movie. I want to talk about that one maybe a little bit later. So much better. Uh, but, so much fucking better. Uh, but before we go on to our drinks, guys, I do have to mention that this movie did secure Sylvester Stallone a Razzie nomination. For, <laughs> of course it fucking did. <laughs> for oddly enough, this and another movie called Assassins, which I haven't seen. I don't know, Mike, if you've seen it. I guess it's nope. bad. I, I was about to say I'm not my action my action 80s hero was always was always Arnold mm-hmm. it was never Stallone mm-hmm. I was I wasn't a Stallone guy so Mike let's get to the ever most important question now that we have here on this podcast Ooh. which is if Judge Dredd was a drink what would it be and why all right this movie's very tonally confusing so my drink is tonally confusing this movie, however, I don't think I could I can in good faith say it sucks because it didn't. I was having fun watching it. Did I literally predict everything that was going to happen? Yes. Does it have every single stereotype? Yes. So with that in mind, I wanted to do a healthy bit of thievery as well as a healthy bit of confusion. Because or or tonal confusion. So with that, I'm I am admittedly not coming up with uh, a imitation gin uh, martini, which for those of you who are more literary in in trade would know that that is the drink from uh, 1984, another dystopia cyberpunky sort of thing. So. Uh, Greg from How to Drink, I'm I'm stealing his. He did two ounces of uh Cowling Baiju, uh vodka, juniper berries, orange bitters, uh, and then you muddle it, shake it, pour it, keep moving. I'm gonna screw it up a little bit because Judge Dredd is not 1984 in that it's not hyper serious and very very depressing. It's got some silliness to it, brought to you by Rob Schneider, Boo, and Sylvester Stallone. So, this movie, at its core, is a Miller High Life. It's a 90s action movie. It's predictable as shit. And you know exactly what the hell you're getting the moment you crack open the can. Much like when you turn on Judge Dredd from 1995. You know what the hell's coming to you. So... Pour in an entire can Miller High Life. Perfect. Now we have gritty, dark, the future. The environment has just been torn to pieces. Humanity is on its last leg, truth be told, and no one's getting along. Two ounces of Cowling Baiju, because that is the uh, imitation gin part 
from uh, from from the 1984 cocktail. Next, we have our our characters, our non Rob Schneiders, our Judge Hershey, the judges, the, the Sylvester Stallone's antagonist Rico. All of these characters, they do stuff. They're not doing anything different. There's no part of them that really sets them apart in fr- from other generic 80s action movie casts. So for that, just toss in some aromatics and herbals. That being rosemary and juniper berries. Are they really going to change the drink entirely? Not particularly. Are they going to smell nice and kind of be a change of scenery when you're looking at your beer? Yes, they will be. So put that in. Finally, we have the stupid elephant in the room, Rob Schneider. Because I don't know if you know this or have heard this, listeners. Besides Nick Swartzen, Rob Schneider is my least favorite Adam Sandler actor. He is by far (laughs) besides Nick Swartzen. So... Uh, put uh, put in just too much orange bitters because Rob Schneider has screen time and that's too much. So uh, yeah, that's my drink. Just just stir it and drink it. Just the simple fact that I want when we get into the nitty gritty of this, I want to spend some time talking about Rob Schneider. Mainly, what the fuck is he doing here? Why is he in Judge Dredd? <laughs> why why the fuck is Rob Schneider in Judge Dredd? Why are there so I many Why are there so many orange bitters in this drink? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You drink it, you go, we didn't need this much. I'm confused now. I'm just confused now. So okay, the Miller the Miller High Life. Okay, I I kind I kind of see it with this movie. Um yeah, like you brought up a good point. This movie isn't like outright like terrible. It's just kind like it's bad, but it's not like beer and milk or like the United Passions Borg bad. It's just it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's like on the it's just bad not terrible kind of where we're yeah. at yeah mm-hmm. so my god i would not hate i don't think i would hate drinking well no I, I would hate drinking that but not as much as i would hate drinking like other things mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly so let's see okay we got sylvester stallone action film from the 90s it's visually exciting and cool to look at but has absolute shit acting story and is just so tonally inconsistent now sylvester stallone action movie i think you'd be thinking i'd be saying like a whiskey or 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 a beer but i'm gonna pump the brakes for one minute because sylvester stallone is a great action star when he's a great action star whiskey all the way judge dread we're not really getting that he's like blurring the lines between being like serious and being comedic and like he's in this like weird middle ground like not really sure what he's supposed to be doing so for that I'm going to say, go grab some plastic bottle vodka. Let's say New Amsterdam, grab that plastic bottle, put that in your shot glass, and take that shot glass, put it off to the side for right now. We'll we'll get back to that. Go get yourself a beer glass. Well, this movie is very visually, this movie is very visually stimulating. It's in the way that like a bleak dystopian movies are, you know, very gray, beige, very rundown colors. So pour in about halfway full of Dr. Pepper. Rob Schneider is in this movie as the bumbling sidekick for some fucking reason. Uh, 
He's a meme, so uh, what's a meme for this podcast? Add an ounce and a half of, you already know, Melon Liqueur, baby, fuck you. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Diane Lane is in this movie. She certainly is here. She is a character. Ounce and a half of cherry juice. Next, we got Rico, the main bad guy. And you, you can clearly see that this guy's, you know, he's having fun. He knows what he's doing. He said the law thing that I mentioned earlier. He brings that energy. For that Add in an ounce and a half of one of those, like, Starbucks double shot espresso energy drinks. And, okay, we're almost done. And for this next part, I want to just say something really quick. Do this under the right type of supervision. If you do this, which me at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast are not advising that you do, please be careful. This is a comedy podcast, and you shouldn't try uh, any of the drinks that we do. Leave that for me and Mike to do. So mix up your concoction in your beer glass and then take your shot of vodka with a spoon layered like on top. Add just a little bit of Everclear on top. Grab a very long match. Light your shot on fire. Scream, I am the law. Drop your flaming shot in. Check to make sure there's nothing on fire. Then chug your drink. And yeah, that's that's the Judge Dredd experience. I I knew at least one of us was going to do an I am the law reference in our drinks because the amount of memeability there is from just Sylvester Stallone just turning to literally everyone in the movie and going, you're like, oh, God, it's just an urge at a certain point. Like the itch is just there. Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it's great it's hysterical i dig the drink the melon liqueur is gonna haunt us forever but that's unsurprising any in any case it actually you know what i was lost and then when you brought in the cherry juice melon liqueur i was like okay we're getting a little bit of a fruity vibe and then it just can't and then it just stopped and i was like okay all right then we're gonna bring an espresso and then we're gonna light the vodka on fire okay Look, the vod- the vodka on fire is kind of like how visually exciting the movie is because anytime you're like out at the bar and you see something present like a drink that's on fire, you're immediately like, "Okay, what's going on over there?" Exactly, exactly. It's the it's like it's like when you go to a club and you see sparklers you're, and you're like, "Oh, what's that?" And it's just bottle service, and you're like, "Oh, dang it! Oh, I thought it was something interesting." <laughs> All right, guys, so go light some shit on fire, and let's get to talking about 1995's Judge Dredd. So again, guys, this is our brand new format. We're going to go through, talk about the positives, negatives, give our overall opinions, then we're going to be getting right into spoilers. Let's start off with the positives. As I mentioned earlier, visually, I got to say, this movie, again, for 1995, looks pretty good like the there are things are like gray and concrete but it feels like a very dystopian future and it kind of fits with the overall vibe of the movie and visually it kind of feels like that those city scenes from uh, attack of the clones oh yeah i absolutely agree with that the the scene setting is is genuinely really impressive like the like the set design for this movie they do a fantastic job of doing that really depressing dystopian sort of energy to it it really it's an almost and that sort and those opening shots that we get of the city where it's the camera flying through the cityscape going down into the farther and farther into the gross depths of the city mm-hmm. it's really really something to uh to to give hats off to it, it also gives v- vague sort of 
feelings of like fifth element Mm -hmm. because you know in the fifth element it has that cityscape sort of opening shot bit where you get to see the whole city it's really really cool Mm -hmm. and i i I am a sucker for that kind of stuff especially with dystopian cyberpunk sort of shows or movies yeah dude i mean the vfx even for 95 they're not too bad like there's still some stuff that looks a little bit dated uh, where you can tell some things were filmed on a green screen but you know, when your VFX action movie has a budget of $90 million, your VFX better fucking look good. And thankfully, this this movie passes that, like, 1995 test. Yeah, it it, it, it is. It holds up enough to, like, the modern lens to where it's still impressive, but also has enough forgivability to it. Mm-hmm. And especially with that $90 million price tag, because I'll tell you right now, when I hear that a movie was expensive, I get very critical oh, yeah. very fast when I see an issue. <clears throat> and Marvel, this movie has a few of them. Oh, what? I was just, I was just saying Marvel. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, like when Marvel screws up, I'm like, Oh yeah. God. Okay. But, um, but yeah, no, no, no. It's, Writing on the coattails of the the set design and the VFX and stuff like that, the costume design in this, there are some silly moments, but, you know, glass half full, I do think that overarching, it's pretty solid. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, there you go. Cool. It's... When you have the judges wearing football pads, that's when you get a little like, oh, God. But (laughs) they look like Power Ranger characters. They do. They do. They look like Power Rangers. You're like, yeah, baby. Of course we do. It's but but the the non-judges in the movie actually look solid. They look passable for whatever part of society they're in. Yeah, they they look like that dystopian, you know kind of hunter-gatherer type, you know, computer hacker, you know, as much as we might shit on Rob Schneider, his costume design fits with his character and kind of fits with, yeah. you know, the the scene, the, you know, the world that they're building. Yeah, it, it fits. It seriously, seriously fits with whatever set scene they're in. And it does a good job when you have people like Rob Schneider, who who were, whose characters look super fish out of watery in certain places, like when they're in the judge hall or whatever it's called. I will say that speaking of the costume design, a lot of fans of Judge Dredd were pissed off at this movie because one of Judge Dredd's characteristics in the comic books is that he doesn't take his helmet off. Sylvester mm. Stallone, in like the first 15 minutes of the movie, just takes his helmet off and just kind of just leaves it off for like the rest of the movie. And fans oh, did not yeah. like that. Yeah, there's this was in the early years of like comic book movies. This again, like we said, the 90s and 2000s up till Iron Man were weird for comic book for comic book movies like they were throwing everything at a wall and their target audience at that time was actual comic book nerds. And so having that criticism be levied and taking that much of an artistic leap is that's tough. That is tough. And I can understand because I would absolutely be one of those dorks Mm -hmm. who'd just be like, this is I don't like it. Now, switching gears, dude, some of the action in Judge Dredd, I would say it was 
pretty all right. There's some like decent set pieces, like the stuff in the city and like with the opening scene, that was kind of fun. Some of the acting though in that scene is another story. And then some of the stuff in the desert uh, was also pretty fun. Like a fight scene between uh, Sylvester Stallone and a half human, half robot thing. So the action here, I think, was pretty pretty good. What do you think, Mike? I I agree. I agree. The action in a lot in a lot of scenes are actually is actually really really good. Like that opening scene where it's the where it's the where it's the apartment building like war. Mm-hmm. Like that's really cool. It is. It genuinely is. You're 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 on the edge of your seat. You're you're almost thrust into a into a conflict right away but not in a way where it feels jarring Mm -hmm. like you're still able to like get your sea legs and be like okay cool so we're getting into an action scene and you and like people like stallone at this point like they knew their freaking way around an action scene Mm -hmm. so obviously they're gonna handle it with a certain level of grace now granted if it's up to the standard you're used to that's a whole different fucking story but comparatively speaking People like Stallone can really hold their own here so long as everyone else pulls their weight. Mm-hmm. And not everyone does, but it is what it is. And accompanying the really great visuals and action is a really good sound design as well. Like the music feels very bombastic and adventurous, kind of gives me that summer blockbuster vibes. And, you know, the rest of the soundtrack, it feels very like, you know, blockbuster E. What do you think, Mike? I agree. I agree. It is super duper blockbustery. It's this gives me the same energy that like the original Thor movie did, mm-hmm. or like Thor Ragnarok. No, no, Thor Ragnarok's way too positive. <laughs> Thor, the original Thor, because I had a lot of criticism for that one too. Oh, yeah. But um, it's it's that sort of you you get the feeling, and I know the people who did the ter- who did Terminator and uh, what's it called the other one. Um, Die Hard. There we go. I was thinking with an M. Those were the writers, but, but you know, same same idea. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. The writers. I know the writers did not want this, but the moment you get after after that initial fight, when you see Stallone just walk around and be so over the top, I kind of get the you kind of the as the audience member go. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what's happening here. This is great. I'm ready for a dumb romp. White man, were there any other uh, positives you wanted to focus on with Judge Dredd before we get right into the negatives, which I'm okay. Looking forward all to. right, I'm looking forward to the negatives too. Good lord, I'm looking forward to it. But what I'll say is that, and this is also because, like, I look, I like the Carl Urban one from 2012. That was I literally went cold into that movie, and I came out looking looking forward to Judge Dredd. You can watch a movie like this totally cold and think to yourself, okay, there is something here, though. Mm -hmm. Like, the entire time I was watching this movie, in my head, I just went, I know there's something here. Like, I can can actually tell watching this movie that there is something that they could do with this. Mm -hmm. Like, with all of the cheesiness, with all of the Rob Schneider... um, there still was something that I could go like, yeah, no, there's something really cool and really kick ass here, mm-hmm. but it just, it never pulled it out of its ass. Now, do you think that's like, like the, based off of like the media property of judge dread or just like Stallone's weird performance here, the character of Judge I, dread, the world. What do you think? 
I think it's I think it's the world. I don't think Stallone does not do himself favors. Like okay. I I am someone who has watched Stallone movies, and I know for a fucking fact that this movie does not do him favors. Um, and I don't think that the writing really lends itself to make you think that. But you look at the world, and it's like it's the same thing as freaking like Blade Runner. Like it went nowhere, but you could look at Blade Runner, and you're like, dude, there, this is like scratching the surface, man. Mm-hmm. And it's the same energy, cyberpunk, dystopia, the world, and it covers a small, like, the world feels very lived in. Yeah, like, it feels like you could just grab a random director who knows what the hell he's doing and just go, come on, come on, knock yourself out, go do something. And they're like, okay, and they do something cool with it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about it. But that's my last pro. All right, dude. Well, let's get right into the next. Let's tear this apart. Let's fucking ready tear this movie a rob schneider sized asshole uh but first <laughs> speaking of <laughs> do you want to start with sylvester stallone or should we talk about rob schneider we're gonna hang on rob schneider so i guess we should do stallone first because <laughs> since he's the main character so sylvester stallone mr worst actor nominee himself like <laughs> You can just tell when I saw like he thought that uh, Stallone thought he was making like an action comedy while I w- like and then I went back and I rewatched this movie. I was like, oh, that makes Oh, yeah, no, I see it. it. It absolutely makes perfect sense because he's walking around just like I am the law. Why does Judge Dredd talk like this all <sighs> the time? It's just funny. He, it's it's hysterical. It's hysterical. He's essentially like Stallone is essentially just playing a book nerd. He's essentially playing the the like gratingly annoying kid in class who would just answer everything and just be like, "Well, technically, we're supposed to do it like this." And you're like, "For the love of God, shut up!" Like, he's essentially playing that character, and he plays it, and he plays that character decently he's great at being hysterically like by the books to such a degree where you're like putting your head in your hands going you're giving a guy five five years because he was eating noodles in a robot like good lord man calm the fuck down but he just he talks like a nerd too he's like huh i knew your guns wouldn't be able to hurt me because it's not at an effective range because i am 300 meters away while your excalibur automatic or only are lethal at 200 meters you're like dude Stop talking, please. He's like such a fucking dweeb. Like he's just like he's like well, approximately because you're using feathered rounds, and feathered rounds only travel two hundred meters, so we're three hundred, so we're actually okay. So you're actually being kind of a pussy for sitting behind this car and being very scared. You're actually super lame, and you're gonna be in the back. And like, I'm like you, I'm like you suck, man. I'm like, can I just say that you suck? Like, like shut up and just shoot people and dude it's not even the way it's not just the way that he reads lines especially when he's wearing the helmet i can kind of forgive the movie for removing the helmet because if it was just sylvester stallone walking around with his mouth and nose looking like he just smelled the nastiest fart of his life for the entire movie like i think i would i think i would just be laughing throughout this this whole thing dude he he literally my favorite thing is and this is this is absolutely i i want to give stallone this i i'm willing to bet that he think he because he thought the character was going to be over the top by the books he had to walk this way but he walks like he just shit his britches and he's and then he also has the has the stank face like he smelled the britches that he has shit oh we're building building war here awful it's just because you you 
do not look at that and do not think to yourself, yeah, I've done that when I've sat. I- I've made that face too when I've sat there and just walked past and gone, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's, that's poop. Like you just, it's just a stank fucking face. <laughs> and it's, he looks like a goofball with the hat on making the face too on top of it. Like I understand the comic book nerds point of view where it's like, dreads intense and he doesn't take his helmet off much like if you want a modern comparison it's the mandalorian but like dude he looks so lame you gotta pull the hamlet off well look at least with that we can be like okay no it's just it's just sylvester stallone just it is existing in a dystopian future but with exactly. the helmet on you're just you're just laughing yeah it's you can't take him seriously because he's because one Again, I do actually like like the costumes by and large. The freaking judges are wearing actual football pads. Like all the other people, you know, they dress decent. You're like, okay, cool. I get it. And then the judges are just like, time to put on my football pads that we spray painted gold. You're like, oh, God, man. <laughs> Come on. Well, dude, is there anything else you wanted to focus in on with Sylvester Stallone? No, not with Stallone. Let's jump right in. Then talking about uh, okay, Rob Schneider. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? Why is he in this movie, dude? I, He's so unnecessary. Dude, I was as shocked to see him in Judge Dredd as I was when I saw that movie trailer where Kevin James plays a neo-Nazi. <laughs> I was like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> Kevin, well, I didn't know that you had these kind of viewpoints. <laughs> but seeing, well, you, seeing I, Rob Schneider in a sci-fi movie just confuses I just love, me. I'm just imagining Kevin James in an SS uniform, and you're just like, well, at least I don't have to ask him his opinion on the Israel-Palestine conflict. <laughs> like, don't expect a nuanced, just, a nuanced opinion on that one. Yeah, exactly. You look at, it's just... It's just, now I'm just thinking of of Kevin James from doing the in the in the promo shot from the King of Queens where he's like putting his shoulders forward, but he's just in an SS uniform. It's but it's okay. All right, pivoting. Rob Schneider. Yeah, I saw him and I literally went, "Why?" I literally the first the word out of my mouth was "Why?" Because well, like we don't need. We don't need you. We don't need you. I, I'd say, I wish there was another way where I'm like, this movie feels a little unnecessary. I'm like, no, fuck you. Get out. You're not needed. Go away. Go go be Deuce Bigelow, all right? I don't want you here. Yeah, dude. And the thing is, like, he's a bumbling sidekick that we we meet him first. And, you know, we were thinking, okay, well, maybe this movie is going to be like, we're follow- like, the side character is going to kind of be like our vehicle to, like, follow in Judge Dredd around, which... I personally wouldn't do it that way, but it is a way to do it. But then he just fucking fucks off for half the movie and then comes back in where he just so happens to be sitting next to Sylvester Stallone. It makes no sense. Yeah. And, and to, and to make matters worse with, with, with the Schneider's character, he plays a hacker. Mm-hmm. He's the whole thing. It's quite literally the movie when they freaking book him, they go, okay, you you've been, you've hacked into service droids, taxis, ATMs, all these things. You are hacker man, and he's like, "That's me." 
And his hacking skills are never utilized in a meaningful way. The only time they ever use his hacking skills is for one time when he's sitting in Stallone's apartment and he goes, you have a really shitty Wi-Fi connection, but I fixed your microwave. There you go. That's it. That's his hacking. And it's it's such a, if you're going to make your character a bumbling jackass, but give him a skill like hacking in a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Freaking use it, man. Freaking use it, please. I'm begging you. It's, it's, he doesn't do anything related to his skills. So he comes off as a bumbling, useless dude. And he's not like Chris Farley, where he can be funny while not really offering a whole lot. It's like, he's just useless, just straight up useless. Yeah, he is not funny, like, at all in this movie. And his character whatever the fuck his name is, but I'm just going to call him Rob Schneider. Uh, he was originally killed off in one of the earlier cuts of the movie, which, thank God. Okay. That would have been a way that would have been a fucking way to do things. But why, why keep him in? Why, why, why do we need his character? Why can't we just have this movie just be hyper violent NC 17 with judge dread fucking sawing a woman in half or some shit. Yeah, exactly. It's this feels this feels very studio executive y. Mm-hmm. Rob Schneider's inclusion in this movie is if it feels studio executive y. Now I'm not making accusations saying the studio executives went put him in. He's cool, goddammit. They were it feels more like they sat there and they just went, We need PG. How can we get PG? Makes make it silly. Rob Schneider, why don't you get in here, bud? Like, it doesn't feel natural. Mm -hmm. Like, Judge Dredd is a naturally intense franchise, Mm -hmm. like Blade. (laughs) But it's, but it doesn't, but it isn't as cool and edgy as Blade. It's, it's just over the top and violent. So why would you tone it the fuck down and include this bumbling idiot? Like, it just doesn't fit. Well, dude, uh, do you want to touch on any of the other characters? Uh, I was personally kind of surprised. Like, Max von Sydow's in this movie, and I'm like, dude, you were in The Exorcist in The Seventh Seal. You should have fucking known better than this. He he was also in freaking Ice Pirates. So I think in the 80s and 90s, Max von Sydow kind of just threw in the towel and went. He went the Robert De Niro route, but in the 80s and 90s, where he was just like, fuck it. I don't care, man. Just give me money. Like he's like, oh, get be in your be in your dumb little sci-fi movie where it's like all I gotta do is dress up like a like I'm in the Empire from Star Wars. Sure, whatever. Like he doesn't care. I can tell. Like Max von Sydow's performance was enough to where he was the old old wise guy, and then you and then I could obviously tell he was kind of like. Cool, can I go home now? Oh, sick. Oh, that was the easiest meal of my life. Like, that's it. I can fucking tell you right now. Dude, I res- again, respect for getting the bag. Max von Sydow, I'm kind of like, dude, come on, man. Come come on, pulled a Pulled a walking in Geely, you know? Just show up, be like, hey, it's me, Max von Sydow. And you're like, oh, shit, bud. You can just stay around? He's like, ah, no. What am I, a nerd? <laughs> he just leaves. And the the last character I kind of wanted to mention was uh, Rico, our bad guy. I also think he was trying to make a comedy as well. Um, I love Rico. I mean, dude, <laughs> the- dude, this dude, like the actor, actually played like John Gotti. I think, like in the in an HBO series. Uh, let me double check that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> he played John Travolta playing John Gotti. You know, honestly, like he played mobster John Gotti in the 1996 HBO television film Gotti, which got to be honest, 
probably a little bit better than John Travolta's Gotti. Dude, I anything is better. Actually, no, no, not anything. A lot of things are better than John Gotti, uh, John Travolta's performance. But uh, yeah, Rico specifically, uh, he's an 80s, 90s action villain. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, mm, fun, not for me, thank you. And they're like, oh, really? Where'd you come from? And he's like, I'm the perfect man. And they're like, oh, okay. It's there's nothing really compelling about him past he's evil man McGee and he's better than everybody so he's got to prove it. It's you're kind of rolling your eyes going whatever man. But the thing is what I love is again I don't know if Armando Sante I'm pretty sure that's the dude who plays uh mm-hmm. Rico. Yeah. Um I don't know I I truthfully have not seen Armando Sante in a lot of stuff but I in this movie, it sounds like he was trying to do Stallone's cadence. That's exactly what I think in he the was movie. To do. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect, perfect. I was really tiptoeing around that, but it sounds like he's fucking copying Stallone, and it sounds less like he's like, "Oh, I got to copy the cadence," and more like, "Me, me, 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 me." This is what you sound like. It sounds like every time it's just like because Stallone will just stare at Rico and just be like, "I'm and Rico will be like, just like, "What the fuck are we doing, y'all?" It's like watching two toddlers just like arguing back and forth, or two five year olds arguing back and forth. Yeah, it's like. It's like watching two buff five-year-olds just go hey, do, do, at each other and just go, just go, we're better than them. And he's like, we're better than them. Well, dude, let, let's fucking talk about the writing now. Uh, or oh, like yeah. or how this movie just does absolutely nothing different. There is not like a single ounce of tension in this movie. Because you know exactly how this movie is going to be playing out. If the directors wanted to do like some type of like dark satirical thing, if that was a goal of theirs, why make it so predictable then? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I all like quite literally, it has every single stereotype. From like the 80s, 90s action movies. It's got the prison scene. It's got the shootout where you where you show that the that Stallone is cool, mm-hmm. in fact, in this movie, in case you forgot. And then he breaks out with bumbling guy number three, who's played by some comedian. I'm using air quotes around fucking that. And then they they, they break in, have a chase. The girl, she's aloof initially, but she but he gets her in the end. And evil bad man has a has a has a non-white woman assistant who's just kind of mean in the background. Like it's just every single stereotype. It is every fucking stereotype. Dude, it, it's so funny. And again, it's just it doesn't it doesn't entertain you. The performances don't care. Like, even if this movie, even if you took even if the performances were really, really good, I think that would elevate it because you can take a, a basic bare bones story and make it entertaining based off of the performances. This movie does not do that. And it also gets some knocks because, again, like we said, tonally inconsistent. Like nobody really knew the type of movie that they were trying to make. And I really think it would have helped if they would have known what they were doing from the fucking beginning, which is why everybody should have been communicating studio exec Sylvester Stallone. Everyone get on the same page. Just have like, you know, a day, 
like where everyone just sits down and is like, okay, what are we trying to do with this movie? And we'll hash it out. There'll be some yelling back and forth. But in the end, after that meeting, we'll all be in a better place because we'll know what fucking movie we're making. <laughs> no, they all at the very end of that meeting, instead of making up and going, well, at least we know what we're doing. They went, fuck you. And they all wrote one page separately alone. And they came back and went, you know what? I'm not going to proofread yours. And they're like, well, I'm not going to proofread yours. And they all just shoved it together and went, here's the script. Honestly, I would love it if a movie was made like that. We just got like 90 screenwriters. You write a page. You write a page. You write a page. Here's, <laughs> Dude, here's, here's the would... log line. Go fucking crazy. That would be demented. That would be utterly fucking demented. You just. <laughs> that's a. I want to see Daniel Day Lewis fucking prep for that movie. And dude, the last thing that I do want to mention before we give our overall opinions is Judge Dredd feels like it's missing that intangible quality that makes a movie something more like it just doesn't have like you mentioned like J judge dread the world it has that thing where that's really interesting but this movie it doesn't have that thing that makes me want to you know elevate it above being like yeah you should definitely check this out dude this movie is like either really good or dog this movie is such ass it's just missing that little thing that's making you know kind of making it be at like the B tier when that intangible would push it up to like the A tier of like good or bad movies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has all of the ability to go either in the one direction or the other, and it chooses neither. And it just gets so close to the, that fork in the road mm -hmm. where, but it just never picks a lane. It just tries to toe the line all the way till the very end mm -hmm. to its freaking detriment. Yeah, so guys, uh, Mike, do you have anything else you want to mention before we get into our Nothing. overalls? Let's fucking do it. Uh, visually, uh, for the time, Judge Dredd, very cool to look at and listen to. Everything else, not so much. Story and acting, arguably the two most important things, fail miserably. Sylvester Stallone tries to carry that action hero we all know and love, but mixed with the rest of this movie, it just doesn't really give you anything. I would say make this like a movie two, if you had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'll say is, as someone who is a sci-fi cyberpunk fan, like that is my genre. I love that that genre of movies and like novels and all, all kinds of media. If you are someone who, like me, is really into that dystopian future thing, I would say that Judge Dredd is something worth, as the media franchise, is worth looking at. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, you need to give it a chance. If you like sci-fi cyberpunk, watch the Carl Urban 2012 one, then you can make your decisions from there. This movie in particular, it is a cheesy, by the numbers, 80s action movie. It isn't, it's, it, it doesn't know what it wants to be. If it wants to be a dumb, silly 80s action movie or if it wants to actually tell a really hardcore, hard-hitting message. Because I can't, I can't consciously recommend you watch this for hard-hittingness mm -hmm. because, because I would suggest you watch Blade Runner instead. And I can't suggest you, if you want something outright silly and off the wall, in which case I'd suggest you watch like Commando or Predator or something. Mm -hmm. Like... It just doesn't know what it wants to be. And for that, I would also put it at a movie too. Not horrible. Sure shit isn't good. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get into our spoiler section now. So go check out the movie. Then come back. Listen to what we got to say about some other plot points. 
like the fact that they were brothers, Mike. They, they, <laughs> dude, you, I heard that shit and I literally went, oh, God damn it. Like, it's, it literally, they introduced that thing also like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't introduce it at the end where it's, oh, he didn't tell you everything, did he? And it's, and then he goes into it and he's like, no, it's it's like this middle of the road where Max von Sydow goes, BT dubs, it's- you jailed your own brother. And he's like, whoa, man, what the fuck? And, I, and literally the moment he said that, I went, Oh, I know what's going to happen from here, 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 yeah, here, here. That, I was willing to give it so much credit mm-hmm. until the moment he said that, and I went, oh, I know how garbage this is going to be. Okay. Yeah, that's really the point of no return with this movie. It's like once that's said, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not, you know, you know what's going to happen. You're not going to be surprised by anything. Now, Rico is actually a character from the comics, so they borrowed from that. And the evil brother slash counterpart thing has been done before, but in this movie's case, it's just not done well sylvester stallone doesn't really carry that weight of being a hero like we don't again movie totally inconsistent we we've uh it's not written well enough to be interesting mm-hmm. i i absolutely agree it's see the thing is with something as stereotypical and as much of a dumb tee up as that or not a dumb tee up but a dumb like stereotypical plot point as that you need to be prepared to make your character compelling as shit. Mm -hmm. And you, and you cannot rely merely on the fact that, but he's good man and he's bad man. Like that's not your freaking, that's not how you do it. That's just straight up. Not how you do it. It's it. You have to do something off the wall. You have to give the two of them, not just the bad guy. You have to give both of them something really interesting, something super duper compelling because you've give, you've paint, put yourself in a very precarious position by walking into a stereotype of that caliber. <laughs> yeah. And it gets even more stereotypical at the very end when they fight on top of the statue of Liberty oh, and they don't God. even bother killing Rico in like a fun or unique way. It's just man falls off statue of Liberty. Oh no. And I'm just saying like, dude, come on movie you couldn't have had sylvester sloan i don't know blow his nutsack off or do the speed bag with his testicles or something like <laughs> it's that. all nut shots it's just he's it's it's his entire movie he's just shooting people in the balls it's just it's just brutalizing that's the nc-17 part yeah dude i i just i, I think again this could have been done so much better it's not interesting at all and but watching, you know, them fight on top of the Statue of Liberty, that kind of, you know, tickled that part of my brain was like, hmm, fuck yeah, America. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's it's 80s, 90s action movie silliness where you just see that and you're like, mm, yes, Liberty. But it doesn't actually <laughs> provide anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And the fact that just the entire that entire end scene where he's hanging off the ledge and he's like, but we're brothers. We could have been gods. And then they're just hurling one-liners at each other. Mm -hmm. Like they're, like they're at, like they're just trying to outdo each other on the improv stage. Mm -hmm. Like he's just like court adjourned. We could have been gods. (laughs) And it's like, they just go back and forth. And he's like, you've been judged. You've been judged. And 
I just got to a point where I was like, movie for the love of God, you gotta stop it. Stop getting the stereotype in for the love of God. You're like, dude, for the please stop with the law puns. We've already had enough with Sylvester Stallone saying I am the law and all that shit. I, it's exactly, exactly. And especially with him hanging off the edge of the Statue of Liberty, I'm like, I'm like, oh, God. I literally, at the very end, I just started rolling my eyes. There was nothing to it at a certain point. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw him off the edge. Get up. Kiss the girl. Save the day. Come on. Let's do it. Let's get it over with. Dude, but that, that ending certainly it was something. Was there anything else with the movie that you wanted to focus in on and talk about? No, not really. We kind of just got everything. I mean, he gets the girl at the end. He yeah. kisses and I w- I w- like her. You know. I will say one thing in terms of the visuals. The uh, I just call them the fucking Sawyer family because that's basically what they are. Family hey, they're animals. literally the Sawyers. They're literally the fucking Sawyers. I will say visually mean the half robot, half human. That looks pretty cool. I will give the movie. Yeah, that. I really liked that fight scene. Um, I, w- I also like the quirk. I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll jump in really quick. I also like the quirks mm-hmm. that Mean had. The rest of the family, I was kind of like, okay, hillbilly cannibals. But Mean specifically, the fact that you could do the little adjustment thing on his head, I was like, that, you know what? That is a cool novel sort of adjustment. And, but continue and, what you're saying. And I was just going to say, I wish they ate Rob Schneider so that way we, Dude, <laughs> we oh. wouldn't have to see him for the rest of this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Hate that. Hate that. Dude. If only, but guys, that does it for uh, this episode where we talked about Judge Dredd. If you're going to watch any Judge Dredd property, I would highly recommend go check out the 2012 movie Dredd. It should, I think I, last I checked it was on Netflix. Go check it out. Yeah, it it's should be. awesome. It did not get a, enough love in the theaters. Um, not no. really grossing a whole lot of money, but guys, give it some love. That movie is freaking awesome. Carl Urban is, is fucking Judge Dredd. So if you're going to do that, Go check out Dread. Um, then maybe I guess watch Judge Dread if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yep, that'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. Stay up to date with what we got going on. And um, yeah, look forward to what we got coming down the pipeline. Mike, do you have anything that you want to tell the people? Um, the, uh, the fuck get ready for a lot of that. Just a whole lot of bullshit like that for the rest of Absolutely. the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And I'm going to run this joke into the ground and then dig further. It's already been run into the ground, buddy, by the end of this Hell episode. Yeah. Hell yeah, it has. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. See you next week, everybody.